Pivot or Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. Welcome to Pivotal Pop, the podcast where we take an album uh, and tell you how it should have been done. Um, except today, we're not taking an album <clears> to break it down. We are delivering <laughs> you, the people, Pivotal Pop's top 15 songs of the year. How are we, boys? We're great. I also find it very funny that you started the episode like that, Xander, being like, <laughs> we're known for doing this, and that's why today we won't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us now. I also so like this. don't expect. I feel this is really good because in the other ones, people could call us out for being wrong, but this is our personal top 15, so there is no arguing. This is a safe space. Oh, today's yeah. purely subjective. So if they come for us, <laughs> they're going to be like, well, you can't argue because this is our top songs, not your top songs. <laughs> exactly. Um, but going... the objective top 15. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, so I'm going to jump into how this was decided today. Um, it could be a little bit confusing, so let's turn the music down. Okay, so what happened was we each submitted. Every, sorry, just just so you know, everyone who's listening right now is going to be like that Ariana Grande meme where she's like looking to the distance, and then all of the little math equations go up around her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get ready because math was involved. Um, each of us <laughs> submitted fifteen songs. Then we each voted on those fifteen songs, one to fifteen, one being the best, fifteen being the worst. Not that there was any worse though. The top five from each of our lists then went into the top 15, and we then again re-voted, except each of us could not vote for our own songs, only the other two's songs. Did that make sense? That was bad grammar, but we're here. It, 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 it definitely didn't make sense <laughs> at all. I think the way around this is you're going to do a... Uh, so if you go to the Pivotal Pop Instagram, you'll see a video of Xander drawing on a whiteboard, um, giving us the full <laughs> rundown of how this I all happened. I actually will do this just so it, it all makes sense. Anyway, how it turns out is that there is there was no bias in how this list uh, became the top 15. Um, which is really unique um, and, as uh, Brittany would say... It's really different and interesting. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's jump into the top 15. Coming in at number 15 was Joji, Glimpse of Us. Because sometimes I look in her eyes and that's where I find a glimpse of us. Guys, this is one of my favorite songs of the year. To me, it's so beautiful. Okay, so just so you know, Joji, if you're not familiar with him, he was a YouTuber, now turned musician. He's half Australian and half Asian, which makes him my idol. Oh my God, really? So yeah, I didn't make that <laughs> link, actually. That's really cool. <laughs> anyway, look, the reason why this is in here is because I personally love a piano ballad. Music nowadays, it needs to be like a lot stickier, a lot catchier, um, and you you need to sort of like have a moment of satisfaction quicker than what it was like in the olden days. And so, and by the olden days, I mean the eighties, nineties. <laughs> and so I just feel like glimpse of us is what a power ballad looks like in 2022, where you get to the hook really quickly. It's really sticky. And to me, it's just like a really well-written song. Um, I feel like I heard this song like a couple of times and then immediately couldn't get it out of my head. There was like a bit of a TikTok trend going around with it as well. So like whenever it came up, it, just was this earworm that couldn't leave my, you know, attention mm. span. Um, and this yeah, I was really surprised that it was a TikTok trend because it's like it's kind of a ballad, like it's a soft ballad. So what was yeah. the moment that it took off? 
I think it's it became a trend because Joji was a like personality. Like everyone kind yeah. of knew about Joji, mm-hmm. and as a result, whatever he did was just kind of going to be on the radar. Um, because you're right, well, they do now. Really... It was a number one Australian song and a number eight on the US Billboard chart. Huge, that is huge. Yeah, yeah. And it's Massive. worth noting it was up for um, Aria like Song of the Year, which was re- like kind of contentious because because um, <laughs> Cloud can to- tones and I won, right? <laughs> oh, God, well, yeah, not that, that, but she did win. <laughs> um, it's it's it was contentious because I don't think Joju's ever lived in Australia. I think he's oh, only yes. Australian because his dad is Australian, and so it was like, does this man count? Like, are we counting this? What's the go here? Mm. But um. Yeah, Australians love it. And I I guarantee you that this will make a somewhat of an impact on the Hottest 100 next year. Um, oh, for and I'm sure. Hoping, I reckon it'll be top 10. I'm hoping, I'm hoping top five. I feel like it'll be top 10. I'd be great. Yeah, for I think one. you might be right. I was new to this. Like, um, this is, I'd heard it once. Um, and it, I was really glad that you brought it back to the attention because it's so beautiful. Um, yeah, I loved it. I can see why it was a big hit. And also, fun fact, not the last Aussie or Japanese artist on our list today. <gasps> Oh, I know. You're so right. I know, which is really cool. I can't believe Beyonce is Japanese and Australian. <laughs> oh wait, what? A- <laughs> Shit, we didn't get your thoughts, Sander. Um, I I think it's a beautiful song. Not my cup of tea. Uh, however, I do appreciate um the impact it had this year. Um, it's it's just it's not my vibe, but I think it deserves to be in this list. It was a big moment of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Well Can said. I just say, actually, though, we're going to circle back to this moment because you've brought a song to the table, which I feel is a very similar vibe. And yeah, let that and be a reason fine. for you to that keep listening. Fun. I agree. <laughs> Number Move on. 14 of Pivotal Pop's top 15 songs of the year was, I like to call it uh, Baby No Cash, but it's Baby No Money with Piccolo. From a deal, I'm on my mom going with fun and well. Ain't no question for my wifey on apparel. She looking fancy, not so I can pistachio. Dragon Ball Z now, all I'm going to say is I can't fucking believe that I got stuck with the two lowest charting positions. <laughs> um, on judging from the other ones that didn't make it, I can believe it. <laughs> super, super freaky girl. What were you thinking? I know. Oh, God. The highest score from all of us, which meant it was the worst song. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, Baby No Money, um, I've been a really big fan of his this year. He was sort of like my artist of the year. I kind of came across him uh, through my job at TikTok. He has a lot of fans in the US. He's had a lot of like, uh, he makes a lot of memeable music and as a result is very friendly with the platform. Mm. Um, and this is a song which I felt wasn't meme but really was like, really grabbed my attention this year. Yeah. I, I actually hadn't have, hadn't heard of him before I listened to this song on your list. And what really drew me in was the Dragon Ball Z references. I'm a huge mm. Dragon Ball Z fan. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here? This like brought me straight back to childhood. And I just wanted to go watch the anime then. Um, but super catchy song. Can see why it's super popular on social media. Um, mm. I, I can't. I can't fault it for what it is. It serves its purpose. And I think it's, it's I think it's great. I have mm. two 40 year old moments to bring to the table. The first is I didn't know how the fuck you pronounce the name. And yeah. the second was like, I never, I never heard the song. And I was like, is this Jack Harlow? Like, is that a, is that a bad guess? <laughs> no, that's, I, I see that. I see the similarity there in the delivery. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I really loved it. I'm, I'm the same as you. It's like really catchy and just a really like a, it deserves a place in this list, I reckon. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I'm so glad you guys like it. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, because it's in the top me. 15. <laughs> 
True, 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 true. <laughs> but I did, I did. I do feel like I forced you to make some decisions between some very awful songs. But anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm glad you guys, I'm glad you guys like it. Cause I feel like I have a really big, um, soft spot for like a, like coffee, uh, coffee, coffee, cocky, coffee, <laughs> no, for a cocky, uh, goofy, like straight man. That's like got this weird, like aura of confidence. Um, oh, yes. the the big energy, which Jack Harlow has. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it is worth noting that if this didn't make the list, um, young gravy would be in this position. So it's interchangeable for me. <laughs> Correct. I, I was actually that shocked that young gravy didn't make the list, but coming in at I know. number 13 is the Knox and Dragonite with slow song. I'm a Oh, this is my choice. Um, I found this to be the most endlessly re-listenable song of the year. Um, I loved it from the first listen, but the more I heard it, the more it got in my head. Um, I've been a Dragonette fan for like 15 years, so it was nice to have them back. And it kind of reminds me of like a few songs like Robin's Ever Again. Um, oh, my God. Carly great Ray's comparison. Bad Thing Twice. Great comparison. Excellent. Is it, it's got yeah. the big, dirty bass, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I have another comparison. Do you not think yeah. it sounds like the Kylie song with years and years, the chasing after midnight? That's what my boyfriend said. Oh, I didn't yeah, get that the personally. Melody is, it's so it's so similar. And I think also I didn't get it as much either, but I, I yeah, like a couple of people have said it, so you must be onto something. Yeah, uh, maybe it's also the, like the vocals from the Knox, or is it is Dragonette doing the vocals? Sorry, I'm not uh, sure. Dragonette. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Knox are like kind of producers i think that have had a couple of like tepid hits in america it's got um, that, they're really uh, good producers it's got that that feel of when you're listening to a song and not necessarily that the lyrics or the content in it um is nostalgic but the feel of the song really brings you back to a moment and i really yes. love when i listen to a song that does that to you where you just kind of like oh i don't know i don't know why it's making me feel like this but it's, it's taking me back to to a moment in my life that i really enjoyed and that's mm. what that song did for me dragonette's vocals are oh, awesome. lush and smooth and it was actually one of my favorite i hadn't heard this song and it was one of my favorite songs i discovered uh on our lists that we did so thank you yeah. thank oh you, we'd thank love you. to hear it yeah <laughs> hayden what do you think yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. I'm the exact same as Xander. Like I hadn't heard it before and you as well. Like when I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, I'm already going to really like this. Mm. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, oh shit, this is like not getting out of my head. And yeah, I need the to more you listen, the better it gets. Else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Players. It's a really, it's a, it's weird. Cause it feels like a bit of a grower in terms of like, uh, like stickiness, but it also starts off insanely strong. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really good. Sadly, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So I cannot give you any oh. details. <laughs> Maybe next time, Dragon Ant. Coming in at number 12 is Satellite by Harry Styles. So Harry's House was released in May of this year and to critical acclaim, um, but it was songs like As It Was and Late Night Talking that became the mainstream focus of the album. However, me personally, I felt a real connection to the softer moments on the album and the more subtle moments, um, and Satellites really hit me in the heart. Um, I... I had recently moved up here to Townsville in North Queensland. I was feeling really disconnected from family and friends and kind of like where I fit into the world. And I, the analogy of uh, uh, using a satellite to represent a relationship that's spinning around, 
I thought that was brilliant. Even just in the lyrics, I remember I got, I was getting on a plane to visit home, uh, for the first time since I moved here and the lyrics are spinning out waiting for you to pull me in. It just really like, I remember being on the plane, like just being like really close to tears because it just made, it just was hitting me in the heart. Like I can see you lonely down there. I was like, I am, I feel really lonely and disconnected. And I just remember putting this song on repeat over and over and over. And so that, that was just a really vulnerable moment for me this year, listening to this song. And um, that's why I really connected with it. And that's why I put it on my list. That's really cute, Xander. I, Cause I was wondering why you put this one on the list. Not that it's not a good song and it truly is like a highlight on Harry's house, yeah. but Harry's house yeah. had a lot of really strong songs and a lot of really strong singles, which I feel like, um, you know, one would gravitate towards when yep. doing like an end of year list. But you're, it's it's nice to hear you talk about your experience My with feelings. it because I can yeah. so imagine you, yeah, <laughs> in that moment. It's cute. It's a wonderful song. Yeah, also nice to have a song that wasn't a single in the mix. We've got a few of those. Um, this song, listen to this because I I wasn't that familiar with it, Sander. But when you made me listen to it again, um, it just made me realize how great he is and how much he hasn't rested on his One Direction laurels. Yeah, he's written yeah. such great music and he's developed mm. his sound. He's, he still takes risks, but he's also just a hit maker. Yeah, I I felt the exact same way when I was listening to this and Harry's House like again this year because it sounds so silly, but like. It's taken me to this album to be like, oh shit, this guy has talent. Same. Because yeah. I guess in like the One Direction era, you've got the major label backing that's really pushing him out. And then the first Harry Styles self-title album was quite like, it was a lot of people said it was like a carbon copy of, of a lot of like 70s and 80s sort of like the Beatles rock and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so to get to this point where you've got this really strong intersection of like artistry, but also the fucking hits, it's like. Okay, yeah. great. This guy's really good and he gets it. He's yeah. got he knows what he's doing. He's one of the only male artists yeah. that I, I get an emotional reaction out of listening to. And I and I really value that. I really value that. And he makes me feel things. Uh, and not just because he looks sexy. So <laughs> <laughs> I just wish he'd quit acting, because if he did, I'd have a pristine like idea of who he is. Like yeah. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. don't need him in films. Uh, well chosen. Thank you very much. Coming in at number 11 was Less Than Zero by The Weeknd. I think The Weeknd's last album was one of the best albums of the year, but because of a terrible singles rollout, it was kind of slept on in end of year list. Um, this was easily my favourite song on the album, which was already full of great songs. It does have a slight rehash of Save Your Tears about it, um, but I just think, like, in what world was this not a single? 100%. Um, and lastly, just, like, it's sort of, it was sort of one of the albums that came out towards the end of all the lockdowns and stuff in Melbourne, so I just mm. have this, like, really, like, hopeful kind of feeling about the world when it came out, so it's just really sort of personal in that aspect. I, I, the, mm. I think my criticism, and this is not to the song, but maybe to the album in itself, I think it was just, like you said, a bit too similar to some stuff he'd just done. Like, I don't think it had quite, yes. it quite gone beyond that. And I think along yeah. with the single run, I think that's, that was the issue with why it didn't probably reach the success it could have. I hadn't actually heard this song before listening to it now. Um, I think it could be a perfect song. There's nothing 
I can't fault the song at all. I just think maybe the mm. only fault would be that it's very similar to how things sounded on his previous album. But other than that, I thought it was yeah. great. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah Save Your Tears is all over no, it, I reckon. I, no, I completely agree. And you know what? He was so right to redo Save Your Tears because that was a fucking smash the year before, especially yes. when also, he was on it. Also, I cannot listen to the original now. It has to be the Ariana. Yeah. If I don't hit the whistles at the start, it's not on. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, you're right, Ariana. What did Doja do? Oh, uh, she did um uh the weekend. Oh, in your um, eyes. She did in your eyes. eyes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Which yeah. went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a yeah. good song yeah. too. Yeah. I can't believe that didn't go that big. Yeah. I mean, I like I did see the difference between this and after hours. I get that it was like still in the same vein of like moody and dark, but I really fucking love the concept of the like the Dawn FM like um listening yeah. to the radio of it all. I thought that was so brilliantly like interwoven throughout the album. Um yeah, it's so weird that this um, album didn't appear in more end of year lists. I didn't. I'm, I'm not. I'm only having that realization now after you said it, Ed. Like it. It really I feel does. Like there's a lot more focused than after hours. After hours is kind of like there's a little bit of MJ ballads. There's a little bit of like rap and kind of stuff. And then there's this just felt yeah. all in on that kind of like 80s electronica sound. But I guess that was true. And I guess different people's tastes, though. You know what I mean? If you have an album that's like so yes. cohesively focused, obviously that's going to speak to the people who like that sound and not necessarily everyone who's like drawn to that. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I guess um, with with Take My Breath being the lead single, seeming like a like that was the blinding lights of this album. Yeah. It does. It, di- it did kick it off on a similar note. If you went down the gasoline route and really just went towards the oh, yes. and dark, that would have been the fucking shit. <laughs> I think like gasoline should have been like second single. I think we should do this this album one episode. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Coming in at number 10 on Pivotal Pop's top 15 is Immature by Flo. Okay, I know that girl groups are my kryptonite, and I know that I can easily be swayed just by the sheer presence of like feminism wrapped up in a really neat little bow. But fuck me, these three <laughs> girls have something fucking special. Mark my words, they're going to be the biggest act in the country. What? What's a planet? <laughs> I was like, what, in Australia? No. They're going to be the biggest act on the planet. They're going to do things that no girl group has done before. I'm really, really, really obsessed with them. This is the second single off of their um, their only EP that's out called The Lead. Um, Cardboard Box was a song that was also released this year, which gained a lot of like traction online. I think the video kind of went viral on Twitter for... Just them having a really cool attitude, their harmonies being really good. But Immature to me was the one that like really solidified them as like they can make mm. fucking hits. Um, I hadn't had much exposure to them, to be honest. Um, I mean, and we spoke about this earlier in the week. I, I see a huge uh, Brandy influence in the way that they operate and they do their vocals and, and things like that, which is really cool. And one of you shared the, uh, one of the uh, members of the group shared that the album she wants her fans to listen to, it's a guilty pleasure, is like Full Moon by Brandy. Icon! Mm. Um, Icon. So, yeah, I don't okay. quite, which we did. Yeah, which we did. Yeah, go back and listen to it. Episode seven, Pivotal Pop. Um, I don't quite personally... I don't know who they quite are as a group yet, but obviously that's going to come with more releases. So my only confusion mm. is I don't quite know what they what they are, what they're going for yet. But this song is like 
modern but also throwback at the same time, which is really cool. I really enjoy yeah. that. Mm. I mean, we are not sport for choice for girl groups at the moment, but these girls, they're, they're not fucking around. They're like yeah. credible. They're cool. They've got slight Chloe and Halley vibe. Um, well, like if Namani got a job. Um, oh, oh. And trust and me, she's looking for one. <laughs> that immature chua is so brandy full moon. Like it's like they've got these mm. really beautiful vocals and then it's just like harsh kind of like, you know, I just love it. I'm really yeah. excited to see where they go. It's a great song. Yeah. It's only to the top. Honestly, there's so much potential there. And I think in this day and age where like grassroots music is just so real because of the internet and TikTok and the way that we consume stuff, I can't see a world where they're not just dominating, at least culturally, maybe not on the charts yeah. or mm. like like other girl groups, but they will be known. They seem like like business women as well as artists. Yeah. I love them. Love. I'm so obsessed with them. Coming in at number nine on Pivotal Pop's Top 15 is Teeth by Mulrat. In my prayer, I don't speak, but with my hands and on my knees. Um, I'm not doing very well. All my ones are really low. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. I have just gone through three of mine. <laughs> I really just noticed that my highest one is number four, so I'm quitting the show, like, right now. Um, I've only had one go so far. Ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> A bit of behind-the-scenes drama. Xander and I actually both had this song, which is quite indicative of how much we all love it. Um, mm. I love that alternative mid-'90s grungy vibe. Um, it reminds me a bit of a band I love called Wolf Alice, and I just – Morat is so versatile. She just gives major verse energy. <laughs> I yeah. I hadn't actually got into Morat until she released this song, and it came up on – my oh. Apple Music suggested uh, songs, and I went, oh, I'll give it a listen. And as soon – as soon as it started, I was like, oh, my God. And Ed, you're so right. That 90s alternative, uh, like, grungy rock feel, I absolutely love. It, like, just brought me back to, like, bands like Silverchair and, um, oh, my God, what's, who are, and, 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 like, a bit of early Avril yeah, Lavigne. Like Hole or something. Yeah. Like, and I, oh. Like, as you know, ladies know, I'm a little bit older than you, but it took me back to being 15 <laughs> again. I'm obsessed. No, it's it's amazing. Um, were you... Ed, were you a fan of Morat before this album? Uh, I only knew Groceries. Is that oh one my of god! Yeah, I only knew her yeah, on, yeah, the, on the Benny songs. song. She's on with Benny's at Winter, the Winter, and maybe Charlie is that another song of hers? Yeah, that came out after Groceries. That's so funny because to me, I feel like I've grown up with Morat somewhat because she's been like a bit of a like. Brisbane gay kind of like in this like she's I think she, like all the gays fucking love her and, mm. and like we all know who she is I feel like I've been listening to her music since like 2016 with fucking like uninvited and um sunglasses um so to me it's been really interesting to see how she's evolved like as an artist and watch her artistry come out and um yeah I'm glad she's on this list because she's only getting better um and I I wonder if like she will crack internationally because mm. there's no reason for her not to. I mean, she had a Zelly I Banks can't see her charting. Album. Oh, that's true. She did too. Mm. I just sort of see her doing like big tours in the US, regardless of if she sells or not. Yeah, I agree. Coming in at number eight was Golden Hour by Jake. I don't need no light to see you Oh, this is such a beautiful song. One of the biggest TikTok successes of the year has to be Jake and has to be this song. But 
the success of the song doesn't just come from down to like his ability to make a viral, like a video go viral. I think it's truly a masterpiece in songwriting, in composition. Uh, the genius of how he uh, marketed it on TikTok is incredible. Like when the song first starts, that piano immediately drew me in. I think it's stunning. I'm a big fan of like Japanese anime and uh, particularly like the soundtracks of the of that anime. And so I could really hear the mm. Japanese classical influence in it. Um, it actually reminded me of the song Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, which isn't a Christmas song, but it's a phenomenal classical piece on a piano. How, how it transitions from that like spoken rap into his vocals. Um, I wasn't overly fussed mm. on that at first, but when that like kind of crescendos into the chorus, I was just like, oh my God. I think I cry every single time I listen to this song because it hits me right like in the heart, like hits those emotions. And like just the way they've like vocally produced uh, him on that track is just like his vocals just fill the space around you. I fucking love this song so much. I'm so glad that I came across the video swiping on TikTok. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that the song is fucking like, it's so fucking beautiful. And I think for what Glimpse of Us does in a verse and a chorus, this manages to do in a lot less time, which makes this like a better ballad or like one of the ones that are just like hit harder. Yeah. Um, The payoff is fucking there. Like the way that the piano and the vocals work just to hit that giant fucking shine moment in oh. the chorus is um and, and is so wonderful. You hear how like in that first bit where he says shine, there's almost a pause because you think it's about to come and it's like half a second pause there and then it goes into it. Mm. So it almost shocks you even more. It's fucking genius. Mm. Yeah. I'd actually never heard, I think I've heard you suggest Jake before, but I never heard this song. It wasn't like my favorite of the list, but I think it's really beautiful. And I would definitely dig into his discography based on hearing this. Uh, his discography is rare. Like I've only, I, did he do the song that's like, I stun in and I stun in. Is that him as well? Am I, I, am I, I don't know if that's him. Uh, I can't bet there. I, I have, I, I listened to his album he released. It's actually pretty decent for someone who's got big on TikTok. I think he's actually musically very talented. Very, very talented. Mm. Um, I love it. Coming in at number seven was Find Love by Hikaru Yutada. Well, I don't want to leave them on, but I don't want to see them go, because I don't want to be alone. Now, I'm going to give a bit of background uh, to this artist, uh, because I know most people won't know who she is. Find Love comes from J-pop star Hikaru Yutada's 11th overall album, Bad Mode. Previously, she's released albums in both Japanese and English, but this was her first bilingual album um, and has been named one of the best albums of 2022 by Pitchfork. <laughs> For those who aren't aware she is, she's the most successful artist to come out of, out of Japan. Um, she has the number one best-selling album of all time in Japan with record sales exceeding 50 million total across her career. She's also held the record for most albums ever sold in one week with her sophomore album Distance before that was surpassed by Adele with 25. Fine Love, this song, ugh, this completely took me by surprise how much I'd love it. Um, it's completely sung in English. Um, it's a throwback, it's a throwback house anthem that feels straight out of the nineties, like in like from the underground club scene, um, but still has this like modern evocative edge to it. And I know Ed, you heard the song for the first time with this list and you were just, I think you had the same reaction I did to it. As soon as I heard this, I was like, 
if it's not my favorite song of the year, it's within the top three. It is unfucking believable. You also like Xander. You can you did more than just introduce me to a great song. I had a lot of preconceived notions of what K uh, sorry J pop was going to be like, um, and it's absolutely smashed it. Like this is like it's like ray of light. It's like early two thousands J Lo. It's Robin. It's innovative and original yet nostalgic and classic yeah. I, it's, it's a fucking masterpiece and she, the album's just as good she has released an album back in 2009 uh it's completely r&b and hip-hop completely done in english and also another english album in 2004 or 5 that she did with timberland she was on uh, with timberland um oh yes I so, need to dig. yeah she's done a lot of cool stuff this song i particularly connected with it through the lyrics because she speaks of um like really struggling to kind of like find love that song called find love uh, and like her issue and her insecurities of feeling lonely. And like, that's something I deal with a lot. And so the lyrics really like hit me straight. Uh, and look, every song after just, I'm like, Oh my God, it's really hit me in the emotions, but really they, that's why they all have. Yeah. Um, but also the lyrics were really amazing considering English is her second language. They were really like, I sort of heard her talk about love in ways that I hadn't heard on other records before. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that and it must be just the fact that it like English is her second language. Cause I guess you just wouldn't fall into those like accidental tropes. Like everything you yes. say is actually like how you feel, mm. which is what makes the songwriting genius. And so like vivid. I mean, I think that um, like 2017 Hayden would have been all fucking over this. I think the production is super interesting and the way that it like is pop, but it's just like so, so funky it sounds like nothing i've ever heard before but at the same time like i'm really into it i feel like a every time i listen to it i like it even more i wish you just had introduced me to the song way before like <laughs> this week when we did this like little exercise For sure. because i feel like my opinions on it just keep shifting and evolving but bottom line is great song the album is very interesting but this is a highlight on the album for me coming in at number six is to die for by Tuvelu. Look alive and come with me. You're to die for every day. Drag your water midnight to dance and headlights and make it not in the rain. Oh God, guys, where do I start with this song? There's just so much to say. <laughs> I uh, I will start by saying that uh, Popcorn by Crazy Frog, uh, when it came out way back in the day, really hit me hard, like in an unusual way. <laughs> For some reason, I thought, wow, I can't believe Crazy Frog just followed up Axe Left with another fucking <laughs> banger. Um, and so I, I've had a- Fro- Sorry, fr- yeah, Frog, honestly, I said Flock. <laughs> The uh, artistry crazy flog. of Crazy Flog. <laughs> um, no, so I'll I'll preface by saying that I've been obsessed with the popcorn sample uh, since I was a child. But I just feel like the interpolation that Tuvelu does on this song is fucking incredible. It is so good. And um, I feel like it, she should be commended for, like, doing that, especially in a year where we've seen, like, um, David Guetta and BB Rexa do I'm Good. Uh, blue, oh god yeah which um which is like that's obviously doing super well on radio and all around the world but to me i think this is the more successful sort of like you know iconic riff well, kind of sample also that one is just fucking beige whereas this is like um i feel like she took a sample that should have been really shit and i had crazy frog in my notes but she elevated it so that it was actually like really cool. Like it actually, yeah. it didn't affect her brand. Like it was, it deserved to be one of these. I think four the, the amazing thing is singles. the song isn't mm. driven by the sample, which is the, the difference. So yeah. that beginning bit leading into the chorus there is, oh my God, Chef's Kiss production. 
It is so, so, so good. It just made me want to be in a club, like, so bad. Yeah. Um, I, the whole thing. Yeah. And, and it should be, like, that sample should be annoying, but it's not because yeah, the production is, like, really good. I like that she changes the sample as well. Like, it starts with the traditional and then it kind of goes into that really electro kind of sound. Um, um, I, the only reason I don't like this song is because oh. I think there are three more. <gasps> you, the only, I think there were three more deserving singles by her from this album to be in this list, but I still love it. I still love it. I can't believe you just said you don't like the song. No, wow. you bitch. Don't misinterpret it. And it's I number six it. on our top 15, so you, uh, it's your fault. I know. I just feel like no one dies but like, no one dies from love should be this song in here. Also, I'm going to call her Toblo. Fuck, I'm going to dead name her because I cannot stand <laughs> her. name her is Tuvelu. We're going <laughs> to turn that. up but, Mike okay. if he says it wrong. This is another uh, thing where we all say it differently because I say Tovlo. The correct yeah. answer is Tuvelu. I know. Tuvelu. She's, She's on Drag Race. Tortoise, race and yeah. it was like... It sent Twitter into meltdown over it. Yeah, because she watched. She waited ten years into her fucking career to be like, actually, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unique. Yeah, but no. Look to Ed's point. If you didn't listen to Dirt Fan this year, absolutely go and do it. It's a phenomenal fucking pop record and a wonderful refresh on Tuve Lou's career. Which, to be fair, with a new name, uh, it may as well be a new artist. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached the top five of our top fifteen songs of twenty twenty two. Coming in at number five is "Anything But Me" by Muna. So this is my personal number one song of the year. I could tell within about 24 hours that it was going to be my most played song of the year. And according to Spotify Wrapped, that is correct, Shorty. Um, <laughs> I love Muna. <laughs> you know, they're, they're really, they're quite an indie band, but I think this song really brought their, sort of brought their attention to the world. Um, the chorus is just electrifying. It makes me just drive into the wilderness and um, forget all my problems. And like, I just listened to it so much at the gym. Um, at work, just it just is an instant. Oh, you work out? Dwarfen boost. <laughs> okay, back when we I was can a backup dancer, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at those biceps. Mm. <laughs> but I'm so keen to hear what you guys think of it. I oh, it's so good. It's my number one of your songs, Ed. Um, oh, and when I first it. heard it, it wasn't because I listened to all of your songs like two or three times to make sure I had the correct take. Um, and the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, it's nice. The second time I heard it, holy fuck, it literally <laughs> threw me left to center. Um, it's another one of those songs that just takes me back to a time in my life and I don't know why it does it. It's, uh, yes. it's, 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 like, an, it's like the end of an 80s film, isn't it? Yes! That is what it is. <laughs> yeah, like the, like these are these are songs which are like building in nostalgia into its production or its melodies. Yep. That's what's that's what's doing it for you. I love Great it. Great album, by the way. Have you guys listened? Um, yeah, there's a no, song called Loose to. Garment that I really love. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, good call. And if I hadn't already done my list, it may have crept in um, because I loved Hayden, it so much. Like Hayden, because we, we both gave it number one. Um, is there a reason why yours was lower? Of what? Because he's a hater. Oh, and this song. <laughs> like, what did you give this song out of 15? I can tell you. I'll get it oh. right now. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, what did I give it? Sorry, I, I realized that this exact thing happened for when we did um, Find Love, <laughs> where you guys both gave it number one and I gave it like 11. So, yeah, because you searched for it on TikTok and there was you no gave trend. It a, uh, <laughs> flop. You gave it an eight. So I gave it a one. It's middle. And you gave it an eight. 
I just think I um to 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 your point, Xander. I think I just I would have listened to it once and be like, yeah, this is fine. Gave it an eight. Uh, but the more I've listened to it, the more I've been like, oh shit, it's very fucking good. It um <laughs> this song this song reminds me of like Taylor Swift level 1989 like outstanding pop meets yeah. like Heim's first album. Like the yeah. the intersection of that and it's just like it's taken both like iconic sounds of theirs and made it into one. And I just think it's just like, it's really fucking good. Um, yeah, don't let me giving an eight um, shut down <laughs> like my actual opinion on the song. It's still number it's really five. It's still number five, even with it's your shitty score. Way. <laughs> The number five. Um, I also I just want to shout out the the lyricism in this song. I love the way that this song starts with like the horse imagery. It really took me back to. It reminded me a lot of um of Casey Musgraves's High Horse, and obviously that's because there's oh, talking about fucking mm. horses. But like <laughs> more so than that, I feel like they set up like. Like the way the lyrics are delivered, it sets up a wonderful like story. Like you can really visualize what's going on. It's really clever wordplay. Like it is just like really fucking good songwriting. On yeah, I love that pony thing. reference. It's so funny at the start. It's, it just puts it's you so in. Funny. Yeah, Hayden it's before so, like, saying, "Hey, um, the horse actually reminded me of a horse." <laughs> Yeah, no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it doesn't just remind me of that because the horse, like, yes, the pony line is funny and then linking it to a merry-go-round was fucking genius. And then the imagery of that and like the metaphor of that, like, it's just great songwriting on top of a great melody. I see why this is here. I've got to listen to Muna a lot more. They came across my radar with Silk Chiffon, which obviously was like oh, such gorgeous. a fucking hit last year. Um, And we love Phoebe. And now that Moon are coming for World Pride next year, definitely need to get into more of their stuff and, and really give them the time of day. I will say, I feel like Moon to the US is more rat to Australia. That's the vibe I get. I reckon the gays froth them. <laughs> Interesting, but we're going to move on. <laughs> coming in at number four is Ben's by Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, wow. I mean, I, as you guys know, I debated long and hard over which song I wanted to put forth from this album because it's extraordinary. I was like, the, you know, the easy way out was to do The Loneliest Time. It has that disco drop. It's very memeable. Mm. But then TikTok. go find yourself. Oh, uh, yeah, TikTok, that old thing. Um but Go Find Yourself or Whatever is the one that emotionally wounds me. But I think Ben Ben's was my first favourite, so I just went with that unguarded instinct. It's mm. just gorgeous. Like, it's it reminds me how clever she is as a musician. It's quite electronica and dark, but it still has this beautiful ethereal pop hook. Um, Carly Rae just makes me feel things that all of our just don't. Yeah. You guys? I, I haven't so actually, versatile. I haven't got into the album yet, not because I, have, I haven't wanted to, but there's been <gasps> so much going on and a lot of other albums that have been released, so I haven't really had the time to sit down with the album yet. However, Oh my god, put your stupid J-pop arms down. I'm the worst gay ever. <laughs> but listening to this song, it just reminded me of how brilliant of an artist she is. She has amazing pop moments, but a song like this just really go it really makes you think, wow, like she is the shit. Like she is a genius songwriter, she is a genius composer, and she knows how to make uh, you feel something in pop music, which not everyone can do, but that's why I love pop music is when you, you get that reaction. Um, and it's just stunning. Her vocals are like silk. Oh, I love it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have much to offer that you guys haven't already covered. I completely agree. I think that like this album made it clear that she is a versatile artist. Um, for Verse. me, like my favorite songs on <laughs> the album are Joshua Tree and like Beach House because I I'm like I listen to I love it when Beach I House. Run. It's so underrated. Can I just say Beach House? Like I I wanted you to put Beach House on this list because it does deserve attention and like revisiting because I feel like a lot of people panned it after there were a lot of the sure. like male vocals in there. And I was like, fucking why? Like, this it's is like so clever. Camp. It's so clever. It's so funny. Oh my God. The probably going to harvest your organs thing gets me every single time. There's probably oh. seven or eight songs I could have put on the album in this list, which is warning yeah. Xander. It's 100%. It's, and you keep coming back to new songs every time you listen to it. Yeah, and 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 to that point, it's like those eight songs aren't just like the upbeat ones, or aren't just the sad ones, or aren't just the ones that you want to cry to. Like that, that's she gave us range with this album, and I'm glad that we're talking about Ben's because the slower cuts on this album and like really do move you and make you feel things. But shout out to Joshua Tree. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached the top three. Coming in at number three is Constant Repeat by Charlie XCX. Oh, coming off Charlie's fifth studio album crash, Constant Repeat has actually been named by Charlie as her favourite song off the album in an interview with Zane Lowe, um, which I thought was really cool because it's my favourite song of the album too. Um, and you're both wrong. <laughs> that, that, uh, that interview is so good, by the way, Amazing. with Zane Lowe. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, check it out if you haven't. Um, the production of this song is initially what drew me in. For me, it creates this like, really mystical atmosphere. But like Charlie is really good at like uh, crafting relatable lyrics. And I feel like that really grounds the song as well. And I think that speaks to the power that Charlie has. And and the, I, this is very similar to like what she did with Pop 2. So like how she takes you almost to this other like dimension when you listen to her music, but is also like really down to earth in its themes. And I think it, for me, that in a nutshell, that's kind of what Charlie does. If you put the whole 15 songs as Charlie crash songs, I would not have a problem with that. It was no, the, album, the album's amazing. And it's and it's in a lot of the top lists this year as well. Don't it's... don't think we slept on XC Excellence. That was really fucking good from you, Ed. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like um, Crash was so exciting. I feel like she got the Goldilocks zone of the pots and pans. They're still there. But she also found like a way to make it poppy. And I don't think yeah. she lost the, the diehard fans. Well, I think what she's really done yeah. is she's encompassed every single one of her other albums and mixtapes and whatever else she's released into one album. And she's just yeah. released yeah. this really cohesively refined body of work. And the fans, like, well, like I was gagged. Like every single song is good. There's not a Same. bad song. There's not a bad song. Every single one. Even the ones yeah. that people say are shit, like um, the Rena one. I fucking love that song. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's only shit because like you compare it to other other like all female collaborations, and it's like that's not even like it's just because it didn't hit the same high that you were thinking the other ones were. Um, but no, I agree. Like, did she say that this was like all of her other albums into the one? Because I had that in my head as well, and I think that is partially some of the reasons why people don't like it is because 
a lot of people like Charlie for the like AG Cook Charlie. So yeah. the very experimental, like they'll like yeah. self-titled, they'll like pop two, they'll like room room EP, and they'll hate the pots and pans. Like, yeah, mm. they're like the pots and pans. I, yeah, like really radios. call it Charlie Xbox because she just sounds like Charlie a Xbox. Game going <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, what yeah. this album does for her though, as well, is that after she released uh oh my god, what's what's the one in lockdown called again? I have your mind blank. Oh uh, how, how I'm feeling now. How I'm feeling now. Oh sorry, yeah. yeah. After album, she yeah. released that, I don't think she could have released an album that was so left of center like that afterwards. I don't think it would have gone down well. What she's done now is she's almost cleaned the slate and she can do whatever yes. she, she wants again. She can, she can do whatever, whatever she wants, she wants now. To. Yeah. But that's um, I, that, that was the concept, I think, to clean the slate, to mm. give us a... Because it was like not only like sonically where it was a mixture of like the intense pots and pans, but then bubblegum pop that she did in her career in the one, but also thematically like everything she's sings about references stuff that she's like done throughout the whole thing even crashed the concept about a car you know she was introduced to the world through i love it which is a song about crashing your car into a bridge mm. so this is like full-on circle just like we've now closed it yeah. and she's closed it because her contract with fucking atlantic is done <laughs> no. so genuinely also, she can go anywhere she wants it randomly came out at the same time as that titan film that won palm d'or which was about like a woman who like becomes like um she starts fucking machines <laughs> and it just felt like this whole like have you seen it no oh uh, I don't know. It just like crashed Titan. It was all happening at once. I would love to know. Sorry to put you on the spot. But, like, your, what your top like few songs off the album are? Two or three songs? Yuck! That's up there for me. Yeah, I fucking love Yuck. It's a uh, great yuck, song. Yuck and You Used to Know Me were my two, like, these are my pure Which almost pop good made samples. It, on the list. it almost made it on the list. Yes. Um, because we didn't yeah, like we we repeat. I had Yuck as well. It was like, and Lightning. Lightning was the one I just yeah. kept going back to. Mine was Baby. Uh, Sorry That I Hurt You, one of the bonus tracks. Loved that one. Baby is an interesting one. I wouldn't have picked it for you. Yeah, Mate, I wouldn't have picked it for you. <laughs> 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 Baby. We have now reached the top two songs of our top 15 of the year. Coming in at number two is the queen herself, Taylor Swift's Maroon. The rubies that I gave up and I lost you. I am so excited to talk to you guys about what you think the best song of Midnight's was. <laughs> because to me... This is the clear winner. And I had many, many, many a discussion with many a Swifty. I have a Swifty group chat. Unfortunately, you guys aren't in with some other Sydney faggots. And we spent a <laughs> lot of time trying to work out like what the best song was. And a lot of people were like, it's definitely Karma because that's the one that you can like bop to the hardest. Um, but to me, oh yeah, and some were like, it's definitely anti-hero because it's like the most memeable. There was the trend, blah, blah, blah. But to me, Maroon is the standout i really 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 love this song i'm so glad it's up this high um but literally what do you guys think of it and do you guys think it's the best song on midnights that's the question um you know what I i've always loved the song i kind of didn't realize how good it was until it had made this top 15 and i've been listening yes. to it throughout the week and i'm kind of like yeah. wow this is actually like i feel like in a few years this is going to go down as like like a fan favorite of this album mm. um mm -hmm. really phenomenal i definitely one of the highlights i was i was drawn to karma because i think karma's like literally the bomb of this like it's amazing on that album yes uh, i think it's yes. so good and it almost made this list but like i said we hayden sabotaged it, it. <laughs> he did sabotage it 
he purposely gave it a really shit score so it wouldn't get in. But you know, like I think the Maroons. <laughs> I think Maroons probably more interesting song to make the playlist. I think it was my first favorite, so I'm not going to say it's a bad choice. But I love yeah. Sikami here. I'd be interested to see if it becomes a single or what she does with it. Yeah, Mate, she, she might not keep release it any herself, more singles, so the... and it'll be fine. Like she, the the error will be fine. Well, exactly. Like I think it'd be quite iconic of her to just not do anything else mm. and just leave Antihero as like the like the thing that made the album. Um, yeah. But the thing is, the reason what what I'll say about Karma versus Maroon is, I don't think Karma is anywhere near Taylor's best like pop track mm. but i think that maroon is really up there for like a, this kind of track it's like in the it's same very reputation like, isn't de- it? yeah like delicate it's yeah. in the same like realm of delicate yeah yeah but i yeah. just karma is I, i'm gonna disagree with you i just think karma is like one of her best pop songs of all time do you like you put it up there with like 22 and oh, i think it's like, better than 22 yeah i think it's better than 22 oh same i think it's like, a you really, like space. Yeah, yeah. i listen to it like non-stop do you reckon it's better than blank space no i think it's up there with i blank think space. it's I, oh yeah i think blank space is one of them like a perfect pop song so i don't know if it's quite yeah. up there but i think it's up there yeah i love the lyrics oh. as well it's so fucking stupid karma is a cat no. purring, oh, purring on my lap because he love loves me that, so good i love yeah. pussy uh, <laughs> did you yuck gross stop it did you ever um were you ever on the like hypercritical of her lyrics train that um happened when midnight's first dropped with the no. people citing karma as a cat and the um sexy baby line? no, gen- no because yeah. they clearly haven't watched 30 rock like if you don't get it because you haven't got watched the reference it doesn't make you better it just makes you a yeah. fucking idiot Exactly, for not knowing the cultural fucking references. Mm. Like Why? Taylor's a genius, as if she's gonna, as if she's gonna be lazy and throw a dumb lyric down without any intention. 100%. I know. You think that millions of dollars are going into this, and like so much fucking backing, all for her to just be like, oh yeah, this sounds kind of stupid. Totally. And in the end result, laughs in number one. <laughs> <laughs> we have laughs reached. We have reached number one, guys. Coming in. At number one of Pivotal Pop's top 15 songs of the year is... Did somebody say men you love? Ding dong. Ring a ding ding they say men you love. Want my curry in a hurry? Yeah. Exercise something low. <laughs> the clear winner, the one that had the most cultural impact, most streams. Think of how many fucking TVs this shit was on. This is the fucking bop of the year. Yeah, I want a curry in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> we are joking. Uh, can you no, imagine really if that? that? <laughs> no, the true number one of our top 15 songs of the year is Virgo's Groove by Beyonce. Baby, come on. The song this had over me. Sorry, the hold this mm. had over me when this song came out. I I'm someone who's really drawn to Beyonce's pullback moments. Like I love her big moments, but it's songs like Party, like with Andre 3000, or like Mine and Rocket, or like Heard About Us that she did as part of the Carters. They're the songs I really get drawn to with Beyonce and Renaissance. I think Renaissance is the best album of the year, like hands down. It's such a punch in your face when you first start the album. And then you get to that middle section and Virgo's groove starts. And I'm like, oh, damn. She knew exactly what we needed at exactly the right time. And Mm. I think it is one of the best 
composed songs she's ever released. The seventies funk aspect. I love, I don't know if you guys know this. I love seventies and eighties disco music. And there's an artist. <gasps> I thought you were going to be like, so I thought you were going to be like, I love Beyonce. Like really bitch. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, no, I, 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 there's an artist called Tina Marie. And she actually uh, samples her music on this album quite a bit. Um, and she, she's known as vanilla child because she is this white woman, but she sounds like, um, this person of color with this amazing, amazing R and B and, and, and disco voice. Um, and it just really, it reminded me of all her music and I absolutely love it. What do you guys think? I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just looking for cuff it. Um, <laughs> seems seems I, to have gone missing. Okay. <laughs> let's actually talk about this because I, we need I to. want to, yeah, it's an interesting one. I agree, Xander, that this is the album of the year. There were a lot of potential songs we could have put here. I think arguably Cuff It equal, like, could have taken the spot as well. But didn't we have a rule that like we couldn't have more than one song by artists? Otherwise, it would have been 15 Beyonce songs. We had, yeah, we had five would have been. Beyonce songs that would have been in Opera. this top 15 list. And we were like, well, that's really boring. So we're just going to take one. Well, it's of so telling, though. I it's know. It's so yeah, telling. Exactly. And they're all different songs. Like, I feel like Break Your Soul actually could have, like, we oh, could talk about no, Break that Your Soul. Number just... one. Yeah, it couldn't have been number one. And yeah. the remix yeah. of it could have been number one. The remix, too, could have yeah. been number one. Yeah. Cuff It. Cuff it, okay. I will make the argument for Cuff it because truly, it is so nice to see Beyonce have like an organic and sustainable hit mm, in 2022. Yeah. That is her own yeah. because clearly, give us the video, Beyonce. Give us the video. Okay, I can I tell you my yeah, theory? Yeah. Can I tell you my theory? I think the visuals are gonna drop as a movie a year after Renaissance came out. So Ooh. she did that with um she did it with Black as King where she dropped the the album and oh, a year later on Disney Plus she did the, the movie. Apparently someone who was involved in Plastic Off of the Sofa um uh, uh Beyonce sent them flowers being like I like I just watched the visuals I can't wait for the movie thank you so much and oh. they shared it to their story and immediately got, it got taken down. So we know there's a movie coming and I reckon if it's a movie it's gonna be it's gonna she'll follow suit and it'll be a year after. So expect it July 29, 2023 is and when we'll get the visuals act to Renaissance. Two of Renaissance. Yeah. She, like yeah. the album is still selling really well. So like a lot of people complain that she's not she's not anywhere to be seen, but it's still like top ten. It's still selling 50k a week in America. But do we need yeah, visuals to enjoy greedy. an album? I'm sorry, in 2022, um, I don't think we do. I don't. I don't need well, visuals it just to enjoy that album. Like a single treatment means it'll be bigger, which means it'll be number one, which means we'll see it on, you know, socials. Like it kind of like yeah. becomes an experience for us. I also, um, love, I think Renaissance is the best album of the year because she managed to give the gays and the teenagers what they wanted without sacrificing her mind blowing exper experimentation. Yeah. I um, know. There's it like is probably wild. three, if you can call them safe, safe songs on the whole album. Um, and I just think it's so cool that this song won today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, I'm happy that it's Virgo's Groove because I feel like Virgo's Groove is a perfect song. Yeah. And it is it is the sound of the album. Like if, if if you had to find a song on this album which represented the entirety of it, I feel like yeah. Virgo's Groove is the perfect one because yeah. it's got a bit of the ballads. It's got the runs at the end. It's got the swagger of the intense moments. But like, you, and you can dance to it. Yeah. It fact, is the song that grounds the album. It is the song that grounds yeah. the entire album. If you didn't have and it also Virgo's changed groove, the gear. Work. Yeah. I remember when I agree. Uh, the, the day that it dropped on Twitter and Virgo's Groove was the one that was getting every second mention because it did, it sort of changed the vibe of the whole thing. Yeah. And then it gave a well, second win to the album. 
And anything that was following plastic off of the sofa was going to give a bit of wind, but it was a very good um, reinvigoration of energy into the rest of the album. Yeah. Um, and it is the one that Pitchfork gave uh, best new music out of like all of them when the album dropped. So clearly it got their attention as well. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, The taste is there. But it is wild because like, guys, this album is so fucking good. Mm. Like, uh, and, and you know what's crazy? Like, I don't even think I have favorite songs on this album as much as I have like favorite moments. Like, I feel like the end of Heated is an obvious favorite moment for me. And the middle of um, Thick is, an, is a favorite for me. Um, and I wouldn't even put either of those two as like my favorite songs on the I album. Know. Like, yeah. it's just so strong. It is phenomenal. That brings us to the end of our top 15 songs for Pivotal Pop for 2022 this is our last episode for the year as well guys what a ride yeah. we've done it yeah crazy know, they said believe? we wouldn't make it they really did i don't know who said it but they said it i just like really want to hear everyone's comments on our top 15 songs of the year so please if you disagree if you agree uh, yeah please let us know jump on to oh, yeah. the instagram or twitter at pivotal pop podcast uh roast us roast us to filth roast us yes um we, are, we will be back in 2023. We're taking a short break for about a month uh, to spend time with our families because this process has been really grueling. Uh, it hasn't. I've really are we it. taking? <laughs> are we taking a month? Are we not taking like five months? I'm fucking exhausted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I am the manager here and you only get a month's annual leave. I'm so sorry. Um, but we will be back in 2023 uh, with uh, some brand new episodes. Uh, and we've honestly, yes. thank you so much to everyone that has listened to us. We started this podcast with no expectations um, and it has exceeded every expectation. And we truly, truly value all of you. And we love that you interact with us online. Um, it's been yeah. really, really rewarding. So thank you so much. And thank you for sharing our love of music. Yeah. Very much second that. Really appreciate you all listening. Um, and yeah, get thanks, guys. episodes of us. <laughs> And we can't wait to see you in, or you can't, we can't wait for you to hear us in 2023. <laughs> we do that every yeah. episode. <laughs> we do. Alrighty. See you guys. We'll be back next year. This is Pivotal Pop with Xander, Ed and Hayden. Remember, if you want more Pivotal Pop, you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram and Twitter at Pivotal Pop Podcast for the latest updates and some fun extra content. And if you haven't subscribed, do it now. And if you don't, Ed's going to cry and I don't want to have to deal with that. And if you give us a five-star rating, Hayden will send you his nudes. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. Thanks for tuning in, guys.